All right. Welcome, everyone, to Muggle with a Mic. Katie, welcome, welcome. you're along with... Bill. Welcome, Hi, welcome. Bill. How are you this fine February evening? I'm quite pleasant. <laughs> it's finally warm out after a week of freezing and um, snow and ice. Yes. I almost hit 60 today, which is nice. It's been... I think it was eight degrees yesterday. Seven degrees. Seven, six degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is by far. I mean, I remember a few years ago it was eighteen below during the winter. Ooh. Um, but it Burn. it didn't get anywhere near that cold. But we did get a lot of snow and ice. I bet that that was the year that Bill Burr was born. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, well, so uh, we're rounding the end of February, which February is Black History Month. It is indeed. Yes. So this episode's going to be all-encompassing Black history and Black um, historical or movie uh, figures. And mm-hmm. we are going to... we. What movie did we watch, Phil? Uh, we watched Hidden Figures. Yes, available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so we watched that. So before we talk about that movie, we're going to go over a little bit about Black History Month, and then we're going to discuss some of uh, hidden figures throughout history. So mm-hmm. first of all, Black History Month began in 1950 um, in the U.S., half a century after the 13th Amendment abolished slavery. That September, the Harvard-trained historian Carter G. Woodson and the prominent minister Jesse E. Moreland founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, an organization dedicated to researching and promoting achievements by Black Americans and other peoples of African descent. Known today as the Association for the Study of African American Life and History, the group sponsored a National Negro History Week in 1926, choosing the second week of February to coincide with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. By the late 1960s, thanks in part to the Civil Rights Movement and a growing awareness of Black identity, Negro History Week had evolved into Black History Month on many college campuses. President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History Month in 1976, calling upon the public to, quote, seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of Black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. So that was that was 1976, he said that. And um, Canada didn't enact Black History Month until 1995. Oh, wow. Um, I know. And then the UK, 1987. Wow. That's, uh, they were a little bit behind. Yeah. Yep. I didn't realize that. I didn't know they were, uh, it was that late when they adopted it. I know. I'm not sure about the history in the UK. That's a, that's a good, a good question. I'm pretty sure during the reign of Queen Victoria in the 1800s, or they didn't have it as much, but we still had it here in the United States. So. So, Phil, let's go over some hidden figures that we have some some information about. You want to go with your first one? Yep. My first hidden figure is somebody that you may have heard of. He's a gentleman by the name of George Washington Carver, and he was a scientist. 
Carver, as I said, he was a scientist and an inventor. And he found hundreds of uses for peanuts. He experimented with legumes to make lotions, flour, soaps, dyes, plastics, and gasoline. Although he did not invent peanut butter, which he's attributed. Yeah, he, he's attributed to inventing peanut butter. Uh, but he actually, and actually it kind of surprised me because I'd always heard that too, but he did not um, actually invent peanut butter. Uh, Carver was born an enslaved person in the 1860s in Missouri. Um, as a baby, George, his mother and his sister were kidnapped from the man who enslaved them, Moses Carver, uh, by kidnappers who were slave raiders, and they planned to, to sell them. But Moses Carver found George before he could be sold, but he was unable to find his mother or sister, and he never actually uh, got to see them again. How old does it say? How old he was? How old was he when that happened? Um, he was just a a baby. Oh. Yeah, he was just a baby. So, after slavery was abolished, George was raised by Moses Carver and his wife. He worked on their farm and in their garden, and became curious about plants, soils, and fertilizers. Um, he did become actually the first black person to graduate from Iowa State College in eighteen ninety four. And while he was there, he studied botany and fungal diseases. Um, in 1896, Booker T. Washington offered him a teaching position at Tuskegee Institute. With the help of his mobile classroom, the Jessup Wagon, he brought his lessons to former enslaved farm workers and used showmanship to educate and entertain people about agriculture. Wow. So, And he died in, in, uh, on January 5th, 1943. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Very interesting. Yep. I've always read about um, him, like like I said, in school and everything. And that was my, my biggest surprise when I was doing a little bit of research was that he did not actually invent peanut butter. Um, oh, which, yeah, he's attributed to that a lot because he, he did work with peanuts a lot. He was known as, uh, he had the nickname, the peanut man. If it wasn't him then you would assume it was him because he knew everything about peanuts. Yeah. I mean, that That's safe to assume you would think he would come up with peanut butter. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Phil. George Washington Carver yep. knew everything about peanuts and plants. He did indeed. So I guess he's the true Mr. Peanut. <laughs> you could say that, I guess. I wonder, did he wear a monocle and top hat? I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> that that would be interesting if they based it off of... Off it of would it. be. It would be indeed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, mine is Henrietta Lacks. Uh, she was born in 1920. And in 1951, she was a young mother of five. And she visited the John Hopkins Hospital. Mm. She went there because she had, they found that she had cervical cancer. So at that time, the John Hopkins Hospital was one of only a few hospitals to treat poor African Americans. Um, as medical records show, Mrs. Lax began undergoing radium treatments for her cervical cancer. This was the best medical treatment available at the time for this terrible disease. A sample of her cancer cells retrieved during a biopsy were sent to Dr. George Gay's nearby tissue lab, 
For years, Dr. Gay, a prominent cancer and virus researcher, had been collecting cells from all patients who came to the John Hopkins Hospital. But each sample quickly died in his lab. What he would soon discover was that Mrs. Lack's cells were unlike any other he had ever seen. Mm. Whether other cells would die, Mrs. Lack's cells doubled every 20 to 24 hours. Wow. So she unfortunately died. Um, She died in 1951, the same year she was um, seeing the doctor. And those cells lived on after she died. And they nicknamed them the um, HeLa cells. Have you heard of HeLa cells? Yes, I have heard of them. Okay. They're named after Henrietta Lacks. Oh, that's, that's neat. Yeah. So they were taken. The unfortunate thing was they took those cells without her permission. She did not know that they took them. And they used them. And they are still using them to this day. Her oh, cells wow. are still re- regenerating in labs. And they've used them to make the polio vaccine. They've used, they've used them to help with um, cancer treatment research, like uh, for radiation. So they'll test on those cells to see if they can take the radiation. Mm-hmm. And so many other things. They helped with the AIDS epidemic to help get medicine to help with that. Oh. So unfortunately, she passed away in October of 1951 at the age of 31. So the, the cells, again, are still circulating among scientists in laboratories all over the world. And for decades, her family never saw financial compensation. But as of last year, 2020, with all of the uh, civil rights issues that were happening, they began to compensate her family. Um, Research labs started to give money back to the families last year, finally. Oh, wow. Good. Yeah. So Howard Hughes Medical Institute and Chevy Chase, Maryland, um, gave them money in October. She would have been a hundred this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's actually a movie about her. Uh, well, not about her. It is about her, but it's also about her daughter and a reporter who were working together to get money for the family. And it's on HBO right now. And it's called the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks. Okay. And you said that's on HBO. Yeah. Yeah. HBO max. I think I'd kind of like to watch that. I might have to check that out. Yeah, it seems really neat. And the fact that her her cells are in a lab somewhere helping people for probably for forever. Yeah, that's neat. I mean, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's crazy to think, you know, they would uh, be able to sustain those cells, keep growing them that long. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I had a couple others that I just wanted to mention real quick since this is a movie TV podcast, Ethel Waters um, was the, she first entered the entertainment business in 1920 as a blues singer, but she made history for her work um, in television. In addition to becoming the first African-American to star in her own TV show in 1939, the Ethel Waters show, um, she was nominated for her first Emmy in 1962. And Mary P. Williams was the first black producer in 1923 to write and act in her own movie as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The Flames of Wrath was the movie. You got any more, Phil? I got a couple, uh, a couple more. So Robert Smalls, he lived uh, 1839 to 1915. Mr. Smalls was a slave on a Confederate transport ship 
when he led an uprising that freed the people being held on board. They would subsequently sail north to freedom, and this mutiny helped lead Abraham Lincoln to reconsider the use of African Americans as soldiers in the Civil War, something many people were opposed to. Smalls would later go on to serve in the United States Congress. Whoa. Yeah. And then also uh, Louis Latimer, 1848 to 1928. So, you know, like Thomas Edison created one of the first light bulbs to work. But did you know that originally his bulbs would only last a few days? Um, That was definitely not long enough to be practical. So Louis Latimer, the son of escaped slave uh, slaves and a, an inventor in his own right who created a filament that extended the life of the bulb. And this made the light bulb cheaper and more efficient, making it possible for them to be used on the streets and in the average person's home. So he kind of improved upon Thomas Edison's work. I wonder if he if he made or invented that light bulb that's in that there's a firehouse somewhere and the light bulb has been lit for like over a hundred years. It's been on. It's never really? been turned off. Yeah. Is it a light bulb or is it like, I know a lot of the old lighthouses, they actually used. Like the candle. Uh, you know, well, yeah, flame, you know, or oil burning wick, but. No, this, know, this is a bulb because it has a filament. I know it's it's in a firehouse somewhere. Centennial light. It's the world's longest lasting light bulb burning since 1901 and almost never switched off. It is a 4550 East Avenue, Livermore, California, and maintained by the Livermore Pleasanton Fire Department. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. See, we learned all kinds of things this evening. It's a whole hour of philosophy. All right. Well, okay. So I, I'm so glad that we got some time to talk about people that people may not know about uh, yeah. black, black um, Americans that um, haven't, haven't been highlighted as much as some other figures in history. So yep. thank you to all of them. Yes. Our hats go off. Yes. These fine people. Yep. All right. So now we're going to talk about the movie hidden figures, hidden figures. Had, had you seen it? Had you had you watched this movie before uh, we decided to do it for the podcast? No, I'd been wanting to see it. And here's a funny thing. So I'd been wanting to see it and we got stranded here at my house. My mom was visiting and she got stranded because of the snow. So I went, Mom, I got to watch this. I, I, I don't have to. I want to watch this movie that we're going to be reviewing on the podcast and she went, okay, let's watch it. And so we start watching it, and I'm thinking, oh, she's going to enjoy watching a movie. This is fun. Mommy-daughter time. <laughs> and then, like, 20 minutes in, she's like, oh, I've watched this. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, and so then every time something would happen, she'd be like, now, remember this for the future. <laughs> she kept giving away little things. Oh, uh, that's, yeah. Um, what did you think of it? I mean, did you did you enjoy it? I liked it. I, I first of all, I love the uh, the dress and everything of the '60s and and stuff like that. I love the musical hairspray because of the clothes. Oh, and all yeah. That stuff. Um, 
And so I think they did a really good job on it. I mean, I was entertained the whole time. They had me laughing at little times, especially Octavia Spencer. I love her. Oh, she's a, yeah, she's a great actress. I love yeah. watching her. Um, you know, like it reminded me a lot of uh, A Beautiful Mind. I, I mean, just the mm-hmm. whole aesthetic of it. I hadn't ever, I hadn't really watched that film. I had to watch it for a class I was taking. And, um, wait, this one or a beautiful mind? A beautiful mind. I I hadn't seen this is the first time I'd actually seen Hidden Figures. I remember when it came out, but I had not seen it until now. But just like the look of it and everything kind of reminded me of Mm -hmm. a beautiful mind, which which was another historical. That would have been the same era, right? Yeah. Yeah. Around that, yeah, but it's that one's kind of fresh because I just watched it a couple months ago, and I was just like, you know, this kind of looks looks a lot like it. I mean, they did they did a good job, and I always like movies, historical movies like that where they incorporate real footage. You know, they had some footage of like JFK and the different it, it uh, like, like NASA. It's almost like Forrest Forrest Gump, where they inserted him in yeah in the clips, yeah, yeah. So it was, yes, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. I would definitely recommend watching it. Absolutely. I would, I mean, if someone says, should I watch this? Absolutely. Immediately. Yes. Watch it. Yeah. Um, well here, I'll just read a really quick synopsis. Um, it's the story of a team of female African-American mathematicians who served a vital role in NASA during the early years of the U S space program. It's directed by Theodore Melfi and it stars Taraji P. Henson Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Monet, along with Kevin Costner, Kirsten Dunst, Jim Parsons. And then I can never say his name. Uh, Marshala Ali. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's just got I, a lot of yeah. vowels in it. <laughs> Which I like the whole time I was watching that. It's like, I know that gentleman. I've seen him in mm-hmm. other movies and I kept on because he's got that real. I mean, he played like an officer, but he has that. I don't know. Chiseled he has that face. chiseled face. Like he looks like an officer. I sat there. I finally had to Google it, but he was in like the predator, like the predator remake. Uh, he was in that. And I think actually, I think he is slated to play blade in the Marvel universe. Like, oh. he, yeah. In the upcoming movies, he's going to be blade, um, which Wesley Snipes I didn't blade was Marvel. Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. So I believe I heard that last year that he was going to play Blake, which he kind of favors Wesley Snipes a little bit. I think he would do a good job. Uh, I I liked, I always enjoyed the Blade movies back, um, back in the day. I think the first one came out around 98, but yeah, I always liked Wesley Snipes too. So yeah, I think he'd make a good, a good Blade. Not to get off, oh, off yeah. the... <laughs> No, you're good. Not, not to go off on a tangent again. I've never seen a rabbit hole before, but this is a <laughs> rabbit hole. Uh, no, but um, I I enjoyed the movie. I thought that the the acting. I mean, they the actors felt like they were meant to play those roles. Like even like Kirsten Dunst, she yeah. had that really arrogant attitude about her that was really good, which I haven't seen her do before. So I thought she did really go. Well, honestly, when she first got on the screen. I was like, who is that? Same. Her accent and everything. Yeah. It took me a minute. I was like, that kind of looks like Kirsten Dunst, but (laughs) I kind of had to kind of look it up, like 
like on the x-ray on the tv just bring up the the cast list and to make sure it was her i hadn't seen her in a while but i don't know if it's because she's older if she just did such a good job portraying that character but yeah i I definitely had to do a second take to make sure it was her yeah well and i mean i keep seeing her as you know what's her name from spider-man oh yeah mary jane there you go (laughs) so when she came on there i was like wait mary jane looks like like a mom now she looks (laughs) oh uh, who was your favorite character um you know, I, I I don't know. I think I like you know the main the main character the best. Catherine. Yeah, just because she was central and like she kind of I don't know. I mean, she like kind of outsmarted everybody. I mean, Jim Parsons kind of played like a, a real jerk in the movie, oh, and yeah. uh, she kind of you know got the best of him. I mean. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, just talk, can we talk about the coffee pot scene where he, mm-hmm. you know, he makes he makes her drink out of a different coffee pot and then his rudeness with the the marking out of the papers and then the not giving her any credit, which she's truly a hidden figure because she gets no credit for anything. Mm-hmm. At the end, though, he was bringing her coffee. So, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that was nice. Um, But. That scene when she she came back from the bathroom yeah. and she's she's all wet from running in the rain. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Costner's, Costner's character is like, Where the hell have you been? Everywhere I look, you're not where I need you to be. It's not my imagination. Now, where the hell do you go every day? To the bathroom, sir. To the bathroom. To the damn bathroom. For 40 minutes a day? What are you doing there? We're T-minus zero here. I put a lot of faith in you. There's no bathroom for me here. What do you mean there's no bathroom for you here? There is no bathroom. There are no colored bathrooms in this building or any building outside the West Campus, which is half a mile away. Did you know that? I have to walk to Timbuktu just to relieve myself. And I can't use one of the handy bikes. Picture that, Mr. Harrison. My uniform, skirt below my knees, my heels, and a simple string of pearls. Well, I don't own pearls. Lord knows you don't pay colors enough to afford pearls. And I work like a dog, day and night, living off a coffee from a pot none of you want to touch. Excuse me, if I have to go to the restroom a few times a day. At the end of it, he says nothing, and he just goes and peels the sticker off of the coffee pot. What was what was that sticker? I saw that, but I wasn't. I didn't get what that sticker said, was. It said colored. Oh, is okay. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see that like at the beginning of the movie. Or I knew. Like at one point she went over and she was like the coffee pot was empty and she was kind of looking, but I didn't see that sticker. So I wasn't sure what that said. Makes more sense now. Yeah. yeah. I like it when he took well, the sledgehammer it... to the, the signs on the bathroom. That's 
that gets your that gets the point across, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I did some research and unfortunately, that did not actually happen with these characters. Okay, I, well, I'm, I was just going to say ahead. earlier, you know, whenever any movie, I mean, it's historical, they always take liberties. Right. I mean, because they kind of condense. I mean, stuff happens over, you know, such a long time. And um, they kind of do a little bit of connecting the dots. And I always wonder whenever you have a movie like this, which is based on historical fact, mm-hmm. how many liberties they take. Well, now, so number one, I believe if I read it, if I'm remembering it correctly, NASA was really never segregated, NASA itself. Okay. Um, But of course, the rest of the world was. I'm not saying that the rest of the world, of course, had the, you know, the whites only and the colored only Mm -hmm. facilities and everything. Um, So I'm hoping that somewhere that happened. You know, maybe they took some liberties by pulling a story from somewhere else and brought it into, because the movie highlights these issues. So you're going to throw it in there uh, to to tell the story. Yeah. Well, typically that's what they'll do on historical. They'll take something maybe happened over here and then they kind of incorporate it in there. It actually happened, but they kind of attribute it to one of the characters in this movie, just to kind of show what the era was like. Right. Yeah. Um, what'd you think about, I, I did not, I mean, I guess I did know, but before they got that computer, the people were the computers. They had rooms mm-hmm. full of people and that was, they did all the calculation. I mean, they got people up in space, but people just doing paper and pencil math. Yep. Sure did. That's amazing. Here's what's, uh, amazing. Like with technology, technology always kinds of, kind of, you know, amazes me. You get someone that's old enough, heck, they were riding around in horse and buggy, and they've seen, like, all this stuff, yeah. you know, in their lifetime. They've seen inception of cars and, you know, rockets and planes and whatnot. But, you know, there's more computing, po- computing power on your phone that you have in your pocket mm-hmm. than they had back then in the space program. And look I mean, what just, we do just, with like, it. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Memes of cats. But I mean, it's true. I mean, it's like they would have never, you know, thought about, you know, back in the day having something. I mean, they had that those computers. They were so big, you know, they filled up the room and they had to take like a sledgehammer to like knock a hole in the door to get it in there. It's all like, you know, tape reels. And my goodness, it's like we, we're spoiled. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the, what the, the technology we're using right now just to record this is more than what they had. Oh yeah, yep. That's, and someone that's for sat sure. on top of fuel and shot straight up into the air <laughs> based off of that. <laughs> yep. No thanks. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just it. I mean, I could think about it all day and never be able to grasp my head around it. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's pretty neat that we're doing this movie the week that Perseverance landed on Mars. Oh really? I mean, yeah, you so mean that they actually like on an anniversary they were filming it, or no, you mean they they just the rover this? this oh, thing. oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, they land. They what was it? Uh, was it Monday? Sunday? Monday? Yeah, yeah. They landed. I uh, just for historical reference. Now since we're recording, they landed Perseverance rover on Mars, and the amazing thing is that. Okay, they look at what they do with their smartphone technology is 
that that rover robot landed itself. They for seven minutes they didn't know what was going on with it. I mean they did, but it was flying itself to land on the surface of another planet. Oh no! See now that's that's just scary because you know that thing is going to have like artificial intelligence. It's going <laughs> to become sentient and come back from Mars and just you know it's going to be the whole like Star Trek Viger, like Star Trek the motion picture. Mm-mm. Have you seen the movie? Uh, I put it up on our on our page. Red Planet. Have you seen that movie with Val Kilmer? I saw. I mean, that's an old movie. Mm-hmm, I think. I mean, I, I think I saw it like, yeah, back in the day. I mean, when it came out. I haven't seen it since. So, I... that's the one where he's on Mars and he's having to fight against a robot, a droid. Yeah, that, I'm telling that's you, man. What would happen? Life, life imitates art. We're we're gonna be. <laughs> It's going to be Judgment Day. <laughs> or or it could just be a boring story where Matt Damon has to survive off of potatoes. Oh, I like that movie. That was No, no, yeah. I'm saying we have two different spectrums of what could happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> either either the, the 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 machine could kill us or uh we could survive off of just carbohydrates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, back to the back to hidden figures. Did, oh, how did you like all these scenes with John Glenn, with them with John Glenn? I, I thought I liked that. Now, I don't know if that's historically accurate or not. I'd say it's probably not, but I did enjoy it. And I liked it when she went into the briefing and was doing all the math and, you know, John Glenn was kind of backing her up. So it's mostly true. Oh, is um, it? Okay. They just kind of tweaked the timeline of how it happened because so when he goes over to shake their hands um, mm-hmm. when he first comes to the airfield, that's true. Um, I believe there's video or photo uh, photos of that where he went over when no one else was acknowledging them. Um, and then it's true about how she went in there and showed him the math. And that's how he learned to trust her uh, okay. mathematics and her intelligence. And then the part where he calls her or he calls and wants her to approve it. That is true, but it didn't happen the day of the launch. They were doing that for dramatic effect, but it happened several weeks prior to the launch. And he said, I'm not going to go forward with this unless Catherine approves it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Yep. That is neat. I like that. Cause that's one of the parts that stuck out of the movie for me is like when he went over and like shook their hands and yeah, he got their approval or he got Catherine's approval. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, when you are doing that type of a job. Oh, you, you have to trust. All yes. Of, yeah. All means. Like uh, you said, you're strapped on like all this, uh, just like on a little chair on a bunch of rocket fuel and getting shot into space. Yeah. You got to trust the person doing the calculations. Definitely. Mm-hmm. The cruise control, yep. Oh, but um, yeah, my mom actually even remembers, I think, seeing on TV. Maybe that's what it was mom was saying. She remembered seeing John Glenn going over there and shaking their hands. Oh, it's, yeah, that's uh, cool. So at the time this movie came out, Dorothy Vaughn and Mary Jackson had already passed away, but Katherine Johnson was still alive when the movie came out, and she um, recently passed away. Oh, uh, I did like how at the end they had all, had their pictures 
Um, mm-hmm. And you know, when it first opened, the thing, okay, so when the, the movie first opened, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, October Sky. Because mm-hmm. they're in like, you know, like in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. have you seen? Oh, yeah. Uh, October and, Sky is one of my favorites. Yeah, and it has to do, yeah. Uh, so it just kind of reminded me, yeah, that kind of reminded me a little bit of that movie. Now, is that, I mean, is that accurate as far as like WBU? She got the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the NASA Group Achievement Award, and the Congressional Gold Medal. Wow. Uh, yeah, in 1940, she attended West Virginia University to a- obtain a graduate degree. She was one of the first African-Americans to enroll in the mathematics program. However, family issues kept her from completing the required courses. Mm. Oh, so the, the, the computer, the computer that, that, that couldn't fit through the doorway. Mm-hmm. It was an IBM 7090. In 1960, a typical system sold for $2.9 million, which in 2019, that's equivalent to $20 million. Or it could be rented for $63,500 a month, which is equivalent to $429,000. Okay, so like in the movie, did you kind of fact check anything as far as like, you know, they had that uh, group of ladies like program that computer. That just seemed kind of Mm -hmm. odd to me that like, you know, here they had this computer from IBM and it, of course, it's a different time, but like now you would have like, a rep or somebody here kind of showing you how to use it or programming it, but they acted like they had this, the way the movie depicted it is they just had it and it wasn't programmed and they didn't really know what they were doing with it. Um, no, you know, that's completely true. Okay. So like no I said, it's, it's a, t- a totally different culture because we have computers now, but right. back then you would have thought like if IBM was doing it, especially for NASA, they would have came and installed it and set it up and helped, you know, do the programming for it. I think because they were using it so for such a specific reason, like there aren't NASA's everywhere. So okay. they didn't know how NASA wanted to apply the computer to what they were doing. But there were only a few thousand electronic computers on the planet in 1961, and they were not user-friendly. So Fortran and COBOL, or COBOL were the most popular high-level languages. Um, so the science and the language of computers was taught but Mm -hmm. it wasn't i don't think that like if they wanted them to come in and teach it like they were trying she was learning by reading a book yeah so the nasa people totally could have done that i just think that they they thought i don't know if they thought hey i can do this i can figure this out well they couldn't they couldn't (laughs) well sometimes too you know it's intimate especially back then i mean you think heck i get intimidated with computers now but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just like quicker and easy i'll just do it the way i've been doing it you know, right. because by the time I take, you know, learn to kind of program this and take the time to program, I could have just done it, especially yeah. with the time constraints they were under trying to be first in the space race. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but uh, but it was tr- it was true that they she in her off time okay. studied it and then went in there and and basically got herself a job and the rest of the her department. A job. That's, that's awesome. Though. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty, I mean, I, I'm pretty like I said, sure based on what I was looking at. That's pretty stinking intimidating. Even, I mean, nowadays I, we're computers are, you know, everywhere. I mean, I wouldn't know how to sit down with a book and, you know, know but program. I think it's funny how 
she went in there and she did she did a couple little things and then the screen turned on when they couldn't even get it to, to yeah. work something basic. <laughs> oh. Oh, did you know that the director of this was in the running to direct Spider-Man Homecoming, Homecoming, but removed his name from consideration in order to do this film? Oh, no, I didn't. What else? Yeah. Uh, what other work have, have they as a director done? St. Vincent, which was with um, Bill Murray. I don't think I've seen that. I don't believe I have. Not really much more that I know. He's in a lot of He has like five or six things in pre-production pre right now. Okay. Um, yeah, St. Vincent looks like the biggest known one. Have you seen St. Vincent? No, I wanted to. Um, so the producer of the music, for most of them, for all, actually, all the musical elements and the soundtrack was Pharrell Williams. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Oh, here's a really fun fact that I loved. So have you seen the movie The Help? No. Okay, it's one of that's I love that movie. Um, but the house that's used in this film as the home of Levi and Mary Jackson is the same one used in the movie The Help, where Abilene Clark worked for the uh LeFolt family. And also I think they did a reference to that movie for anyone else who knows the movie The Help. Octavia Spencer makes a pie quote or a pie, a line about pie in this film. And I feel like they did that purposely because she has huh. a big scene about pie in the help. Do okay. You know anything about that scene? No. Can I tell you? Yes, you can tell me. Okay. Oh, it's man. not going to ruin the movie for you. Nope. Okay. This is a spoiler section. Katie explained what the pie reference meant. So if you want to know what it means as well, go check out the movie The Help. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Was that was that uh what era was that? Is it a like a like 60s. A, okay. It's a good movie. If you like this one, you would like that one. I need to watch it. All right. Well, was there anything Ooh, here's a fun one more fun fact. All right. I like fun facts. I know they're fun. Uh, one of the ways that Catherine experiences workplace discrimination is when her coworkers require her to use a separate coffee pot. Whenever the office's coffee area is shown, the brand of coffee that they use, chock full o nuts, is also visible. The use of this brand is in the context of segregation is historically relevant in 1957. Chock Full of Nuts was one of the first major New York corporations to hire a black executive as a corporate vice president. The man they hired was retired baseball legend Jackie Robinson. Mm. And he had made history by being the first person to break the color barrier in professional baseball. Hmm. Ta-da! There you go. You're just full of facts. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well... So I give I give the movie an A. I give it an A too. It's uh, like I said, a really good film, and I think everybody would enjoy it. If you haven't seen it, actually, I think it's on sale at a lot of like I know, like on Amazon. I think it's oh. on sale because uh, where they're having Black History Month. Now's the time you got another week. You can probably catch it on sale if you don't have it, a platform that is streaming it for free. Nice. 
All right. Uh, you want to try like quick uh, five questions real quick about the movie? Oh, goodness. Okay. Here we I go. I will. I, I probably, I don't know how well I'll do, but. If it's bad, we'll just take it out. How about okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm reading over some of these and I'm like, maybe you're not good. But, um, okay. And here's the host of Musical Chairs, our musical chairman, Adam Wayne. First question. Mm-hmm. What what type of necklace is Catherine allowed to wear in Space Task Group? A pearl necklace. Nice. Ding, 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 ding. What did, what did you think about that part though? Like actually in the movie where um Kevin Costner's character basically, you know, bought her a a pearl necklace. I thought it was nice. That was the part where mom said, pay attention to this because they say something like something about pearl necklaces. She says something like, I don't have a pearl necklace. Yeah. And then he gets it. But mom at that point said, remember her saying that? I was like, well, that means someone's going to get her a pearl necklace. (laughs) (laughs) I can can see your mom saying that. Remember her saying that. (laughs) I was like, thanks, mom. I thought it was nice. Yeah. She wasn't even... Was that a true story? I mean, is, do you know if that was accurate? Or was that just something that kind of... I don't think so. Wait, hold on. Well, I don't own pearls. The heroic costumes of hidden figures. So the whole thing was that they didn't pay her enough to to have to expect her to wear right. pearls. But see, all that's kind of like you said, they, they weren't really segregated, so she didn't really have to run to the bathroom like that. Right. But of course, I'm sure somewhere, I mean, all over the country. Oh, yeah. Happened to people. But oh, in, yeah, in this yeah. instance, it didn't. But I mean, this this movie highlights all of those issues that were happening. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can't find about the pearls. I guess the pearls aren't okay. real. But I think the pearls just symbolize she was making less money than other people. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next question. All right. What does IBM stand for? Uh, international business computer. I close. Wait, what was the third word you said? Business computer. What does IBM stand for? International business computer. No, <laughs> M. Oh, uh, machine. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Sorry, oh, got it. Uh, not IBC. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay uh let me see okay why does Catherine's oldest daughter get her own bed uh because the other ones were arguing over it because they wanted it but she's like well if you want to do her chores and you want to do affirmative yeah that's it you yeah. got it like you're welcome <laughs> to have it chores. yeah she everybody <laughs> wants to be grown up so if you want <laughs> <laughs> I like the little speech Good she gave job. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay. What was the name of Alan Shepard's spacecraft? Oh, shoot. It was. We're in the Freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom. Mm-hmm. 
Freedom something, Freedom four, Freedom five. Freedom, keep going, keep going. Freedom seven. Freedom yeah. six. <laughs> freedom seven. Okay. I knew it was one of those. Good job. Um Okay, where does John Glenn splash down? Uh the Bahamas. Nice. Affirmative. Good job. We don't I don't think we've gotten to say Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, that was Apollo. All right, was that five? The questions? I, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe. We'll do one more just for the heck of it. Yeah. How many U.S. flags are at the NASA press conference? <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, like... I don't know, like, I don't, <laughs> one? I mean, was it a, like a backdrop or was it? Uh, you're telling that about. No, there's more than one. Okay. There's um, six. Six. I was going to say five. What's the relevance of six? I think there were six people being interviewed, right? Okay. We'll go with okay. that. Yeah. Here's, here's a little interesting fact since we're talking about flags. It's not really relevant yes. to this movie. But um, Disney World, have you ever been to Magic Kingdom? Yes, but I was in high school. Wow. Okay. Well, they, like on Main Street USA, they have like over every shop, there's like a flag. But there's only one official like U.S. flag. And they usually have a veteran join them for a ceremony to take it down. The others look like American flags, but they're either missing like one star or one stripe. Hmm. So they aren't quite an American flag. That's because every time it rains, they'd have to take them down. So there's only one official that's that has the exact right amount of stars or stripes. So they only have to worry about taking that one down in bad weather because it'd be almost impossible, you know, because there's like a flag on every building on Main Street USA, but it's not an official U.S. flag. So they don't have to worry about taking it down if like bad weather comes up. So... And this segment of philosophy is brought to you by <laughs> Chock Full of Nuts. <laughs> there you go. I just thought that was interesting. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, that makes sense. All right. Well, we'll end on that interesting note. And there you go. <laughs> everybody try to go and we encourage you to go Google and figure out a hidden figure of your own and share yes. it with others so that they're no longer hidden. That's right. Yeah. I've thought of a couple more, like, while I've been sitting here. It's just, like, would have been interesting, but save it for next year. No, no. Say one right now. I'd have to look it up. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. Well, uh, at the end, everyone, make sure you listen till the end of every episode, because at the end of our outro music, I always put a little clip of of something we've talked about or the movie or something that corresponds with the episode and this episode i will add a clip of ethel waters um singing so stay tuned for that at the end of the episode and also don't forget to follow us on facebook on our facebook page muggle with a mic podcast and you can also find us on our instagram at muggle with a mic go on there and you can follow us like Share, comment, do all those fun things that you do on social media. We're also close to 1,000 listens. So if you would be so kind, listen to this episode twice. <laughs> <laughs> there, I got my whole spiel. 
There you go. <laughs> okay, so let's end this episode real quick. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank yes. you, Phil, for uh, Mr. Peanuts, uh, yep. George Washington Carver. Yep. yep, one of my yeah. favorite historical figures, inventors. And I, like I said, I went all this time by thinking he invented peanut butter, but he actually did not. <laughs> we'll just give, we'll hope, we'll credit him with it. Yeah. All right. Th- thank you, everyone, for tuning in and tune in uh, for our next episode. Cue the outro music followed by an audio clip. <laughs> Bye, Phil. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>